to anchor into my authenticity into my authentic expression and if someone doesn't fully get me or at least have a desire to want to understand me and get to know me in the way that you know I would hold space for them it's an automatic no-go welcome to on the cusp of something beautiful where we discuss a range of topics centered around art creativity mental health and wellness and my favorite thing to talk about listening to our intuitive guidance i'm your host amikale imani and this podcast is simply a guide to welcome you back to your truest self each episode i get radically honest on how i navigate being an intuitive creator the struggles the wins the lessons and of course the intuitive hits My hope is that you hear something today that reminds you of who you are and why your gifts, whatever they may be, are valuable and important to be shared with the world. So welcome home, friend. I hope you're ready to meet your highest, most beautiful, and rarest self. Hello, babies. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode. I'm so grateful that you are here and tuned in. I hope you all are having a beautiful week. I have been in a very interesting energy field. As you all know, I am moving later this month and man, oh man, am I having to exercise some serious, serious, serious trust. Luckily, I am a part of a beautiful community called To Be Magnetic. This is a community built by Lacey Phillips, neuro-manifestation program and workshops, and I've mentioned her work here on the podcast before, and I'll also link it in the show notes for anyone interested. Her work teaches you how to manifest and also supports you in unblocking different aspects in your life, such as inner child work, shadow work, um, money, love. She has a workshop around boundaries now, so it's a really great resource. And I've been diving in super deep this week because I have hit what she calls a magic dark around the house that I'm calling in. So I've been passing tests upholding my high self-worth I mean I've had everything come into play from an old toxic job trying to read not trying to but reaching out (laughs) for me to do some contract work a person I used to talk to randomly texts me talking about something I was thinking of you okay um (laughs) I have my sister who I love so dearly she um asked me to stay with me super last minute like literally calls me the morning of um, she was on her way to school, and so I would have had to pick her up after school. It, it was just way too last minute. She was wanting to come and stay with me for the weekend. And at first I said, okay. Because um, she called me like 7.30 in the morning, so I'm like, okay, like like groggily. But I had to change my mind and tell her no. It was just way too last minute, and I had other things planned for my weekend. And... um But more specifically, I've been having to pass tests around this house that I'm calling in. So back in April, I revised my manifestation list of all the things I wanted this house to have. So initially, I casted this list back in January, and it was extensive. So Spirit was like, revise your list to your core needs and wants, the non-negotiables. So that's what I did. And I have to say, it feels really, really good to just sit down and write out what you want like on an energetic and physical level and so because i run my business from home my home space is crucial super super crucial and i've been having to really de-shadow well de-shadow de-shadow unblock same thing um a lot of my specificity because a lot of it um a lot of it are things or a lot of it is are whatever a lot of it is things i want my home to have because I know it will invoke a certain frequency from my energetic field and that's the energy frequency I need to reside in in order to truly build up my business and not only build it up but also to build it out plus I have a Taurus rising so feeling super homey and luxurious in my home is really really important to me 
Um, so I've been having to own that, you know, own the fact that I like nice things and I deserve nice things. And I have to honor the things that allow me to be my most authentic self. I have to prioritize those things. So going back to Lacey's work, she has a workshop called Up Level. And I started it yesterday. Spirit was just like, you need to do the up level workshop because that's where you're at. You're up leveling into a into another facet and layer of your authenticity, and you need to expand your deservingness. Um, Self worth is good, but now you need to lock in on your deservingness. And so, back to my manifestation list, right? So the other day. Um, after I received or after I revised um, my list to be more concise and narrowed down to my core needs and wants, a home pops up on Zillow. Oh, sorry. It wasn't the other day. It was <laughs> the day after. The day after. I just heard what I said. <laughs> the day after I revised my list, um, a home pops up on Zillow. Three bed, two bath, and it's 50 bucks less than my price range. And I was like, ooh. This doesn't have everything that I want, but the fact that it's in my price range lets me know I'm in the right ballpark. Now, that was mid-April, okay? (laughs) So, fast forward to today, not only has it been crickets, but it's just been these houses that do not fit my aesthetic. So at this point, I'm glimpsing at apartments, I'm looking at two beds now, you know, just in case, quote unquote, just in case. Um, and so I see this two bed today that is just stunningly beautiful, out of my price range, um, but literally has everything I want, except it's a two bedroom. And now I'm like, okay, do I need to increase my budget? Like, I don't know, am I going to be able to find what I want in the range that I initially set? Um, So, I mean, this house technically isn't out of my range. The the thing is this, though. I don't want my my rent alone to be more than or to be half of my my income, right? I'm really trying to get better with that and, and to have more space for other things that I'm also calling in, like a car. I need a car. I've been living in New York for seven years. I don't have a car. I'm moving to a place where I need a car. So I also am, you know, um, wanting to make sure I cushion and budget for that. Eventually going to also be coming out of my income. So I don't want a home that alone is already taking up half my income. Plus, you know, other bills and, and things and such like that. So I tapped into Lacey's work. And I mean, I've been doing heavy, heavy, heavy energy work because I have to make sure I stay in alignment with this home that is orbiting around me because these tests are coming through. So I was cooking dinner and just reflecting on this home that's way out of my budget and just trying to get to the root of why I should or shouldn't settle on a two bedroom or if I should increase my budget some more because this house is like $750 out of my budget. And that's when I realized this was a test and an expander. So I needed to see a house that had the majority of my list. I mean, damn near everything on my list, except the fact that it was a two bedroom. Otherwise it was perfect and out of my price range. Right? So I needed to see a house that had a lot of what my list is and and also that had the feeling that I wanted it to have. I mean, it had these beautiful mountainous views. They had pictures of the sunset, this gorgeous backyard, open kitchen, fireplace in the living room. I mean, it just had everything that I wanted. Sexy bathroom, sexy kitchen. I'm really into like sexy living spaces. So sexy bathroom, sexy kitchen, sexy bedroom. It just needs to feel sexy. It needs to feel homey. It needs to feel luxurious. All those things. Um, Utilities included. It came furnished. Like there were definitely some huge perks, but I had to get back to my why. Why do I want a three bedroom? I want a three bedroom because one room will be my yoga meditation client room. 
that's where I'm going to do my client sessions, Zoom workshops, etc. And then the other bedroom is for when my family and friends come to visit. I do not want my friends to have to sleep on the couch. I definitely do not want to have to give up my room for people to have a place to sleep. Um, I want people to be able to come and stay comfortably in their own room. And that's when it clicked. This was a test. Now, had it been a three-bedroom, not going to lie, I would have probably reached out to the owner to inquire about it, um, even though it's out of my budget, right, technically. But I also had to really check in with my value level. Like, what is comfort and my version, my version of uh, luxury worth to me? You know, how much do I value aesthetics and beauty? I mean, this, this truly couldn't be a better time for me to manifest this home <laughs> while in tourist season, truly. So all that to say this, stay connected to your why. Okay, stay connected to your why, y'all. I know I've said that so many times on this podcast, but it's super important. Why, why, why do you want the things that you want? How important is the thing to you? What is it worth? What is its value in your life? And that's what this process has been teaching me. You know what I just realized? It is dead quiet in here. Y'all know I like... Y'all know I like my music when I'm doing my solo episodes. Okay, so. So yes, that's what this process is teaching me, you know, tapping back into my why, um, tapping into my value, tapping into the things that that I find worthy um, and deserving of. And also in regards to the shadow work, I want to take a few moments to out some of my shadow aspects because it's a really important part of the process and Lacey's work. So I uncovered that add some aspects of feelings um, of worthlessness, feeling unworthy, not feeling good enough, some residual lack, which I've talked about my lack mentality before, but it's still important to note because it's something that I'm still working through. And then Today, I realized I had luxury in my shadow, not feeling deserving of living a luxurious life. And I also want to read off what luxury means to me, because luxury, much like self-love and self-care, looks different for everybody. So in the workshop, she asks you, you know, you have to go through, um, she has um, these hypnotic um, sequences, I'll call them, but she calls them deep imagining. So she takes you through this deep imagining, and this one was about deservingness so one of the journal questions was you know um list out the blocks you'll be unlocking around deserving or deservingness so like i said luxury is was really deep in my shadow and I, I really had to break down what luxury was for me and what aspects of luxury i'm unlocking or unblocking essentially so the luxury of ease, the luxury of convenience, the luxury of safety, the luxury of value and affordability, the luxury of beauty and aesthetics, the luxury of comfort, the luxury of favor and favorability, the luxury of being authentic, the luxury of success and pleasure, the luxury of peace and tranquility, the luxury of patience, because patience is a that's a luxury <laughs> okay you gotta you that's a luxury um the luxury of being your own business the luxury of being different and following your intuition and that's really important because i also have authenticity on my list and being authentic and being different or similar but not the, we're not the quite same they're not quite the same thing it's very much similar to self-worth and deservingness like they're similar but they're not quite the same thing. They're, they definitely have their differences. So, you know, everything that I listed, those are luxuries. Like, the luxury of convenience, luxury of being safe in your home space, the luxury of, you know, valuing um, your home and valuing its affordability for wherever you are, your budgeting, right? The luxury of beauty and aesthetics, luxury of comfort, luxury of favor and favorability, like, those are luxuries to me and and those are things that I feel deserving of. Those are the things that kind of channeled and downloaded through me. 
that I want to really work on um, stepping into my deservingness around. So I'm going to keep y'all posted. I know it's so, so, so close. Like, y'all, I mean, a few weeks ago, there were homes galore for rent. Homes galore. And now it's like one here, a couple here, one there, a couple there. Like, it's just, it's crazy. So I know this is a magic dark. I've passed my tests. I'm doing my work. I'm really taking this magical darkness time to just fully take the opportunity to expand some more, to fully step into my worth. Excuse me, step into my worth, step into my deservingness. And we're gonna make it do what it do, baby. Okay. So yeah, that's where I'm at, y'all. Um, on another note, last week I was on a beautiful podcast called talking with tammy straight out of savannah (laughs) um which is linked in the show notes so please go and give it a listen tammy and i actually connected through clubhouse we were in a room together and she did me asking um to interview me for her podcast and so we were finally able to reconnect last week and so it's a great interview she's super sweet and she's an angel intuitive so I'm definitely planning to have her on the podcast because I've been wanting a super otherworldly episode about angels and starseeds and other multidimensional beings. And she's also an expander for me, um, which is another term from Lacey's work, an expander, someone who is um, who allows you to see to believe. So it's someone who has done the thing that you're wanting to do or accomplish the goal that you're wanting to accomplish has found success in the thing that you want to find that you want to be successful in like someone who really expands your realm of possibilities essentially so she too did a cross-country move from south carolina to arizona i believe and she said she just got up and moved she said it felt super right and aligned um she said her kids were all grown and doing their own thing and so she dipped out (laughs) and uh she said shortly after moving to arizona she met her husband so i know something is calling to me in santa fe i don't know exactly what it is outside of um really honing in um and creating space to build up my business and to really allow it to just go full throttle but uh i'm gonna go find out you know, we only have one life to live, y'all. So fuck it. Fuck it. I'm gonna go figure out what my soul has for me. Um, and that's what I'm gonna do. So today I'm going to be opening up about my mental health journey because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, now I've mentioned my battle with depression and my dealings with anxiety on this show before, but I'm going to really um, share with you what it's been like for me over these last three decades. <laughs> so first things first, I'll start off by saying I didn't know I struggled with depression, let alone anxiety, until I was well into my late 20s. Yes, late 20s. Um, and even though I struggle with suicidal thoughts and trigger warning for anyone listening, I will be opening up about my suicidal thoughts and fantasies I've experienced over the years. I won't go too much into detail or specifics, but I had three very, really, um, three very real moments in my life where suicide felt like an option for me, even up until the past year during the pandemic. So I just got to be real about that, and I will say this, every time I went to attempt, I always had this voice that would pop up into my head super loud, super clear, Um, and it would just ask me, but what if it gets better? What if it gets better? You'll never know if you're not here. So I just want to pose that question to anyone who may be going through something like that right now. You know, what if it gets better? What if whatever you're going through gets better? You're not here to know. You're not here to find out. So, um, so yeah. So my depression started around sixth grade, like middle school age. Yeah, this is middle school. Um, around twelve, thirteen years old, and I just remember never being consistently happy. 
And I'd ask myself all the time, like, why can't I be happy, you know? And I'm sure it didn't help that I grew up an only child to a single mother who worked a lot and wasn't very emotionally available. So that's where a lot of my trauma really resides in, that emotional sector, which is why I always attach emotional health to my work because the two truly coexist in my eyes. Your mental health affects your emotional health and vice versa. Um, so I was picked on a lot. I was a very different child, and so that's when the people-pleasing and all that came into play because I was trying my damnedest to just fit in, and it made me severely self-conscious up until my college years. I remember a very specific moment in college. We had this building called Reunion (laughs) where everyone would go hang out, Um, because a lot of the restaurants and dining halls were in this part of campus. And it's like this big dome-shaped building, very circular. So most people walk through the union because that's literally like the shortest way to get from one part of the building to the next, but not me. I'd walk around the outer edge of the building, so A, no one would see me, and B, so no one would make fun of me because I had this belief that when I walked into a room and someone was laughing, they were laughing at me. So just stuff like that. Very, very self-conscious, very insecure. And this is where a lot of my feelings of not feeling worthy and good enough really stem from. That middle school, high school era. And uh, now, I've always been attracted to like very dark and moody music. Not like satanic or anything like that, but just very emotional and moody very alternative vibe, very fringy. Like, I still liked pop and mainstream music, R&B, all that. But it was the more alternative music that really clicked for me. So I would have these moments of darkness that, well, that's what I called it. Um, and so I also wrote poetry. And y'all know I write songs. I'm a singer-songwriter. So whenever I get into my darkness, that's when I write out my songs. And so a lot of my songs and my teens... So I started writing, um, I started, I wrote my first song at nine, but I started seriously writing like complete songs <laughs> and I was about 15. So, so yeah, a lot of my songs in my teens and early twenties are all about heartbreak and betrayal and not feeling lovable, just really, really sad stuff. But I'd write in subtext. So it wasn't like I was actually going through a heartbreak. I just be in a depressive episode from school or home life whatever and um that was how I was able to get it out it was like cold almost and uh sometimes the darkness was just really really painful and then that's when the suicidal thoughts would come in and the fantasies like just like wishing I had the guts to do it it's very twisted but just being honest you know that's where I was at so I struggled with functional depression and had no clue that's what it was I didn't even know that was a thing until I heard it like late last year and maybe earlier this year um because typically when we see commercials about depression it's like always you know if you can't get out of bed or you don't want to go to work or stuff like that and I'm you know I'm having to get up every day and go to school or go to work I, like, I can't just stay at home I'm you know 15 16 whatever Hell, even in my 20s, like, I don't know. And I think a lot of times, too, in, I don't know if this is a cultural thing, just like within the black community, like, we're just so used to just, like, just shrugging, you know, just, like, pushing through, persevering, like, just getting by, you know? And, um, and, and I think that's really what happens a lot of times, like I said, in our culture. We just, we're just so used to persevering and pushing through like we don't know sometimes for us it's not always so obvious that something's off you know unless it's like clinical clinical and and for me like at least to my degree it was never a clinical thing it was just always very um emotional and so you know yeah like I couldn't stay at home like I wasn't having that unless it was like a summer break or something you know so I never ever thought I was experiencing depression because the only time I felt safe enough to like break down essentially was when I was alone. Um, I never cried in front of people 
my mom, like no one. My mom seen me cry once, you know, like once I got into like, you know, pub hit puberty, you know, and then, or unless she was spanking me. But I had a, I had a breakdown in the seventh grade. And even then it was very hard to open up to her because she was just wasn't an emotionally safe place for me. So I don't know what I told her, but I made up some story to kind of get her off my back. Um, but she had actually said something very mean to me. We were on our way. Um, I was cheerleading, doing rec cheerleading, and we were on our way to like a ceremony um, for all like the cheerleaders and whatnot, whatnot. And yeah, she was just being very mean, very harsh. And I was just like, obviously going through an, a, an episode. Um, and it just broke me. Like, I just remember being like, damn, like, I can't believe she's saying this to me. Like, wow, this is what my mom really feels about me. So how she thinks about me. And so I got, got to the ceremony and I was like, and I got to my friends and I just like, I just broke down. Like in the, like in the, like literally in the middle of the ceremony, I had to walk out and she's like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, why is she crying? What's going on? And like, I just couldn't talk to her. So then, Finally, you know, she's like, okay, like, I need to know what's going on. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you upset? Why are you crying? And like I said, I just told her some stories to kind of get her off my back. Um, but in actuality, it was something that she had said to me. And so I just hated the thought of being vulnerable. Like, absolutely hated it. I used to tell myself all the time, that is, like, I would never allow myself to be vulnerable allow myself to be vulnerable like that's my biggest fear like I would never allow anyone to see me be vulnerable or to uh, get me vulnerable nothing like that like I just wasn't having it and that was because I had built up a really tough exterior because of being picked on so much you know and I just learned to internalize everything like every fucking thing and I just obsessed about it later you know and it was torturous it's something that I'm still working on, not internalizing things. And I've gotten, like, I've gotten way better at it. But it used to be really bad. Like, I'd just sit in my room or in the mirror, just replaying everything that was said, what I wish I could have said, or how I wish I could have said it, just on a loop. And I'd, I'd actually watch my mom do the same thing with whatever she was going through. So I do feel like that was imprinted on me to an extent. So, so yeah, that was childhood, adolescent years, um, and as far as anxiety goes, uh, definitely had some social anxiety, um, but I just learned to mask a lot of shit just so I could fit in. So I'd notice when I was around certain friends, I completely shut down, like, I wouldn't know what to say because I didn't want to say the wrong thing, I wanted to be liked, and these were people that I knew, that's the crazy part, this wasn't like rando strangers that I'm just trying to like be buddy buddy with like these are people that I knew spent the night at their homes I knew their parents like sleepovers birthday parties all that but they were the cool kids right like essentially and so I was just like be lucky you're here and shut up don't say anything stupid laugh at everything play along <laughs> like this is like my my internal dialogue and not to mention I went to a predominantly white school so I was born in LA uh, we moved to Georgia when I was like seven or eight and we moved around Georgia a couple of times and then we landed in this small ass town called Dallas, Georgia. And so that's basically where I grew up. I finished out the fifth grade there and y'all, when I say I was one of two black kids, sorry, one of three, uh, one kid was mixed, but he ended up leaving the school because his mom had passed away from cancer. So then it was me and one other girl. I'd never, ever been in a school like that. And I noticed immediately when I, that, you know, I, that I was uh, one of two black kids in my class. Like, not even like Hispanic. Like nothing. Like when it like as far as color goes <laughs> or ethnicity, it was me and this other girl. That was it. And so, you know, like even the other counties in Georgia, Cobb counties, which have the cities Smyrna and Marietta, uh, it was all very mixed. Like there were black kids, white kids, Asian kids. I remember having like Native American friends, Hispanic friends, like like mixed, mixed. 
And and I think from that point on, my survival instincts kind of kicked in. Like, get in with the proper kids and you'll be safe, you know? Or at least that's what I thought. And diversity got a little better once I got into middle school and high school. But overall, like, half the demographic in my school and the whole damn town was white. And at this point, all the kids I grew up with who were my friends were all white. Just by default, you know? And... I'm not one of those people who's like, you know, if you're not black, I'm not hanging out with you, <laughs> you know? Um, I hung out with everyone, so I tried to hang out more with the black kids once I got into middle school and stuff, but I'm not your quote-unquote average black kid, right? Like, I always got made fun of for sounding white, talking white, um, and luckily, I will say this, in black culture, we've definitely have evolved out of that ideology that sounding educated means you talk white, which I never understood why we would want to perpetuate our own stereotype but nonetheless again black culture truly has come a long way and our ability to you know express our difference and our uniqueness and all of that but I say all that because it really took a toll on how I showed up it just felt like I couldn't get it right like no matter how I acted it wasn't good enough I was black but I wasn't black black to my white friends and then I was an Oreo or confused to my black friends and it was just frustrating like all the way around so finally around senior year of high school I was just like fuck everybody walk in the club fuck everybody gang ink fuck everybody that's the shit I was on like fuck it like I'm like I'm just like I was just exhausted and um I just made it made the decision that I'm gonna hang out with the people who I can actually be myself around and that's what I did they were mostly white because again, that's just the demographic of the school. I couldn't fucking help that. But energetically, they were so different and unique. And most importantly, they accepted me fully, wholeheartedly. And that's when I really realized the luxury, since that's the theme of today, luxury. That's when I realized the luxury of being able to just be myself. Now, it still would take me a little longer to fully anchor into that awareness because I still found myself trying to mold myself into being likable even throughout my college years. I went through a couple of depressive episodes in college as well. But praise God, after college, I got my internship here in New York. Um, and New York really changed my life. A hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred percent New York changed my life. The diversity here the personalities it's really the place to come and be authentically seen like you might see some uh some anything walking down the street you know you might see somebody with fishnets a bodysuit on and some docks you know like it's just it's you just might see anything walking down the street and no one would bat an eye like no one would blink no one would turn their head nothing you know and I truly believe that's why my soul led me to New York because I was trying to do my internship in LA because that's where I was born and it was just my life's mission to move back to LA. But God knew. God knew LA was not the place for me to go and work out my identity issues. I needed the raw, gritty-ass streets of NYC, baby, okay? I needed NYC. And this place literally rebirthed me I will always give New York its credit because I don't know where I'd be had I not moved here and been able to really tap into myself like a hundred percent and I've been up here for seven and a half years y'all seven and a half years I cannot believe I've lived up here this long it's crazy I didn't even want to come here that's the wild part I had I told y'all LA was the goal like I applied to two internships in New York and applied to damn near every internship I can find in LA. And I didn't hear back from nobody until after I had already accepted my internship in New York. And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> but my soul knew, like, you need to be here. You need to be here. And so this is where I came, you know? And, and uh, you know, I think... Now, or not, I think, I know my soul now is ready, ready to be about this piece, you know. Um, I've definitely received what my soul has needed from this place tenfold. 
10, 10, 10 fold. I know that to be a wholehearted fact. And I'm so grateful. I'm so, 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 so grateful. Um, and you know, I, this next phase, this next step in my life and career is Santa Fe, New Mexico. Peace and earth and land and air and beautiful sunsets and sunrises and mountains and skiing and just nature. I think that's just the next level. It's just peace and tranquility. That's why it's definitely a luxury. Peace. <laughs> peace is a luxury, y'all. Not everyone has peace. And I've had to realize that within myself because I've been in a place of peace these last few months of just peace and surrender. And it's, it's an extreme luxury. Um, but anywho, I'm getting on a tangent. <laughs> but uh, back to New York. So yeah, so once I hit my spiritual reawakening in 2018, and I started healing myself, started getting into meditation, started getting back into my yoga, um, started finding outlets and places and spaces that promoted health and wellness and growth, that's when I started learning that I had been dealing with depression all those years. Like, I had no freaking clue that's what it was. I just thought I was just sad all the time. I didn't know why, you know? And then the anxiety. The anxiety really, really, really hit me in the face um, during the pandemic. That's what really triggered my anxiety like a bitch. And I was talking to this person, and I get so much anxiety around what to do or what to say, how to act. And I think to be completely honest, what happened was, you know, when we first started talking, she was like, you know, um, for her, my my lack of relationship experience gave her anxiety. Like she literally said this, like that that gives me anxiety. And I think my need to to be the the, the freaking healer. That's like one of my one of my energetic um, boundary issues is like needing to heal everybody needing to fix everybody right needing to make everything better and I think I took on a lot of her anxiety um as a means of being like but like you know I'm I'm safe like I'll never hurt you you know so it's like I took on all of her energy and um so that's what and that really triggered my own anxiety and so I remember I was writing her a letter because she was into letter writing. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm a writer, you know? I love writing. So she wrote me a letter. And I went to write her back and had a whole ass panic attack because I didn't, I, maybe not even a panic attack, it was initially an anxiety attack, right? Because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I wanted so badly to say the perfect thing or to have the perfect letter. My perfectionism had reared its ugly little head, and I feel like this was triggering my adolescent years of self-abandoning in order to fit in. And so, during the duration of me talking to this girl, I went into a severe depression because I was ignoring my intuition, and I feel like that was a huge initiation uh, of me having to learn to fully lean into my intuition and my intuitive guidance. And it activated a whole new level of self-love for me and learning to prioritize me, my wants, my needs, because I wanted so badly to be chosen by this person that I abandoned myself for months in order to be liked. Whew, I spill all my shadow tea. Jesus. <laughs> but I also talked about this in my 2020 recap. Maybe not this in depth, but... You know, it was it was such a rude awakening for me because it was so necessary. Um, and, and I promised myself from that point on I would never, ever prioritize someone else above myself. Like, that's just not an option. Um, I have to anchor into my authenticity, into my authentic expression. And if someone doesn't fully get me or at least have the desire to want to understand me and get to know me in the way that, you know, I would hold space for them, it's an automatic no-go. Like, I had to learn that lesson the hard way. And I had a period of time that it got so bad, my soul literally almost left my body. And I had energies in my mind trying to convince me that my life was no longer worth living. 
and telling me how I can kill myself. And it was, it was so wild. And I looked in the mirror one day and I literally could not recognize myself. I just kept asking myself, who are you? Like, who are you? Because I knew in my heart this was not the woman who has spent two and a half years healing herself. Some other bitch had moved in and was trying to take me out. And so I took a huge step back from this person and eventually it just fizzled out anyways because I wasn't over-engaging anymore. And I committed to loving myself. So this is why authenticity is a huge part of my work, in my course, with this podcast, with everything I do. I must be authentic. I have to be real. I have to speak my truth because when I don't, my soul starts to shut down and depression and anxiety starts kicking my ass. And I'm very fortunate that I haven't ever had to go on medication for my anxiety or depression. And that's no shame to anyone who, who may need medica- med- medication, like, if, if you are on that level, like, please go and seek help. There's nothing, nothing, nothing wrong for needing medication, for needing support, therapy, a support group, whatever you have to do to get yourself balanced, do it, period, you know? And so for me, I was self-cutting, self-cutting, <laughs> self-medicating, for a while with cannabis, which I don't do anymore. I'm still cannabis friendly, but I don't smoke every day anymore. Um, at one point, it was definitely a part of my lifestyle, but again, very cannabis friendly and CBD as well. I just no longer rely on it on a daily basis. And that's no shade to anyone who does use it for anxiety or depression. I can totally understand that. Um, I just say definitely do your homework because certain strains will actually make your anxiety or depression um, worse. And I've, I've experienced that with anxiety. Um, I've experienced like getting smoking certain strains and like all of a sudden my heart's racing and it's just like, it's a, it's a whole thing. So, so yeah, definitely do your homework, do your research and make sure, you know, what the strain that you are partaking in will actually um, deduce your anxiety or deduce your depression. Well, not deduce your depression. Amp you up a little bit, you know, it'll balance you out. But the, the key is to stay balanced, okay? So that's what you're wanting. So, that's my story, y'all. I hope it's inspiring or at least insightful for someone. Um, To be honest, I've been in a really great place as far as depression goes. I haven't experienced depression since coming out of my episode last year, which lasted from June to August 2020. And it actually forced me to come out to my friends and family because no one knew this about me. Um, because I'm the quote unquote, I'm the strong friend, right? I'm the friend people come to lay their burdens down upon. And so after that, I had to really set some boundaries. Like we need to be mutually, um, able to hold space for each other, you know, because me just taking on all your trauma and drama, it's just not good for my mental and emotional health. And, uh, you know, all of this has just made me appreciate me and the soul and this body and just everything so much more um and I've also started aligning with my soul purpose which is such a major key in my opinion to staying out of depression and I still experience some bouncing anxiety anxiety like when I started putting myself out there about my course it was very scary um you know I was going live on IG and Facebook and I was just like super just it was just triggering some some uh some of those earlier years or some of those formidable years you know middle school high school of being seen being being judged being rejected all of that and um so I had to give myself a lot of grace because being seen is still something I'm growing into and being comfortable and confident in who I am is very new for me you know only have been a few years so and you know what also too when you're trying to play society's game, it's just, it's super hazardous, hazardous to the soul. It's built like that for a reason. And a lot of people just aren't in a place or space to be able to step outside of the quote-unquote matrix, if that's what you want to call it, um, and get to know themselves at a soul level, which is why I created my course, especially for us creatives. Like, creativity is a soul 
action. That is divinity at its finest. So when you're a creative and you have to be a suit and tie or hide, part, or hide parts of yourself to fit in, you don't get to live out loud and in color. And that shit kills the soul. And I believe we are all born to create. I don't think, you know, um, I'm more creative than anyone else. I may just be more tapped into my creativity. Um, but we each have a different creative task, you know? It doesn't mean we're all going to be Van Gogh in this bitch, but, <laughs> you know, our souls definitely have its own, um, has its own unique way it wants to create in the world. And so it's really our duty to ourselves to figure out and explore what that is. So, yeah. Oh, that was deep. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, and to be fully transparent, y'all, it took me a minute to sit down and get to this episode. I've, like, I've just been dealing with so much, just energetically, just trying to expand into manifesting this home, um, staying in alignment with this home, because it's manifested. It's here. I just have to stay in alignment with it and continue to surrender, continue to do my energetic work, <clears throat> excuse me, because it is causing me to expand my nervous system in a really big way. So I had to give myself space today to anchor into that energy before I started doing this reflective as episode about my anxiety and depression. <laughs> so apologies that this episode is coming out on Friday and not Thursday, but and I'm also trying this new thing where I'm not going to edit this episode. My girl Tammy expanded me in that respect because before we started recording, when I was, you know, when she was interviewing me for her podcast, she was like, I don't edit, so it is what it is. And I was like, okay, I feel you. <laughs> Y'all, editing is a lot. It's a lot. And I actually came into the awareness today um, that I have a lot of resistance around sitting down to edit my episodes which is why um, I think I'm either going to switch to Tammy's approach, just not editing, or hire someone to start editing these episodes. And that's just, um, it's also a part of the up-leveling workshop with Lacey's work, learning to delegate the things that tax your energy, that, you know, um, really weigh on your energy. Because I love having this podcast. So I was even thinking, I was like, okay, do I need to like take another break? You know, I'm about to move in a couple of weeks. Like, I don't know. I really have the energy for this right now. And I would just resume once I got back to Santa Fe. But I was like, you know what? Like, I love doing the interview episodes. Like, I love talking to people and learning about their process and things like that. So, um, and I, and I love talking about the things I talk about, you know? So... I think I'm really going to hone in on the, on the interviews more and maybe just have like spurts of solo episodes when I'm really feeling called um, and so inclined, you know, and, and yeah, maybe in hire someone to edit or just no editing at all, um, especially while I'm building up my business. Like that for me really is the most important thing to me right now. And so I've just really been having to like just reconfigure my life as to what which is a priority for my energy, you know, because I only have so much energy to give out, you know what I mean? And um, I have to be, I have to make sure that I'm putting energy into the things that really light me up and the things that I'm really passionate about. Again, not to say that I'm not passionate about this podcast, but I, I just want to make sure that I'm putting in full effort to each thing that I'm doing. And right now my business is calling me. And I'm also planning to launch a membership for On the Cusp Wellness because um, that's something else that I had to really hone in on. Like creating community is super important to me right now. And um, yeah, I finally zeroed in on that. And so creating community and teaching, those are the two things that are really lighting me up right now. Like I love working with my clients. Um, I, I enjoy it so, so much. I look forward to it. So the membership will have like exclusive workshops and things, um, and I'll have guests on. I'm still building it out, but that's definitely the direction I'm going in. Well, that we're going in, because I do hope that you will join me. Um, but, but yeah, so for, to any of my beautiful listeners out there, if you have any suggestions on things I can offer for my membership, please let me know. You can DM me at On The Cusp Wellness on IG. Or you can email me at onlycuspcollective at gmail.com. 
I would love to hear your thoughts. After all, this is for y'all. Um, and I'm also going to be starting my newsletter. I just need to sit down and do it. But that's next on my list. And I'm about to build out my website. So you'll be able to sign up for it there. Or you can send me an email. Send me an email. Um, and in the subject line, put sign me up in all caps. Sign me up. <laughs> and I will add you to the list. Uh, again, my email is on the cusp collective at gmail or you can dm me on ig at on the cusp wellness and um once i create my website i'll also have my offerings up there for my oracle card readings for my intuitive guidance sessions my clarity calls for those interested in my course um yeah so yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. your girl is getting her shit to gather okay <laughs> I told y'all I'm building up and building out my business, all right? And Spirit has been telling me for a while to create the container, create the container. Like, Spirit cannot bring us anything we don't have room for. You know what I'm saying? So I've just been seeing and hearing this create the container. Because um, if you just want to start it, like... And I know consistency is such a huge thing and it's like, you know, you got to make it a habit or whatever, but like, at least once you build it, you know what I mean? Like you have it built and then it could change, it can evolve, it can grow. If you need to take a break, you can take a break, but it's like you have it, you know? So that's even more like um, motivation, right? Or inspiration to like do it again and then do it again and then do it again and then it becomes a habit. Then you can build up that consistency. So that's just something that I'm having to learn for myself. So yeah. Ah, that's where I'm leaving y'all. Um, create the container. Create the container, okay? Whatever you want to do, whatever idea you have, just start it. Nothing can grow if it's not first planted. So plant them seeds. Use the rest of this beautiful Tauran, earthy-ass energy, okay? Um, Taurus is blessing us big time with abundance and just, just luxury Taurus is about luxury you know Venus is the ruler of Taurus season so it's just like luxury indulgence feeling good feeling sassy feeling sassy <laughs> all right so go plant them sexy ass seeds all right my brain is fried it's like one o'clock what time is it mm -hmm. One sixteen in the a.m. in the morning so yes, my brain is fried and I am tired. I'm tired, boss. So I will see y'all next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe and leave a rating or a review. Now don't forget, I'm picking the best review at the end of the month and giving that person a free 30-minute energy reading. So be sure to leave a review for the chance to be selected.